0: Unfiltered, uncompromising, hard hitting, inspirational. Cold Sports presents Conversations. Thank you for tuning in to Cold Sports Conversations. I am Cole Johnson, and I am so glad that you're here to join us. Coming to you live broadcasting to a worldwide audience from Rapid City, South Dakota is my next guest. He is a live streamist and a podcaster. And he's actually been in the game for more than 10 years. Yes, you heard me correctly. A podcaster that has done it more than a decade. You're going to get a lot of value. Ladies and gentlemen, I call him a brother and a friend. C.J. Ribka is my next guest and I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. And now it's here. This is our conversation.
1: I have made it to the Mecca of podcasts. Yes, thank you very much, Cole Johnson, for having me on your show, man. It's such a pleasure.
0: All right. So I already mentioned where you're based, Rapid City, South Dakota, which if my geography serves me correct, that it's near R- Mount Rushmore, correct?
1: That is. I am literally 16 miles away from Mount Rushmore.
0: Hmm. So how is it there outside of the fact that I know for at least, what, five months out the year it is brutally cold there?
1: Well, um, <laughs> hockey is good. Uh, so <laughs> we, we got good time for hockey. But uh, to be honest with you, I love it here. I mean, it's beautiful. The hills, the mountains, everything that goes into it, we get, everything that people wish they could just be part of we live in god's country here in rapid city
0: you sir have the wonderful distinction of being a veteran so before i even ask my question thank you for your service
1: my pleasure
0: uh what branch did you go into
1: i started off in the army and i finished up in the army national guard
0: ah national guard okay all right and uh where did you tour
1: well, I was in uh, Kuwait, Afghanistan, Iraq, Afghanistan again, and that's about it <laughs> as far as overseas. Right, and then right. Uh, with the United with the army being stationed here in the United States, I was at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I was at Fort uh, Carson, uh, Colorado, Fort Benning, Georgia, and that was that. That was pretty much it for that.
0: Okay, well, I've driven near Fort Benning and. I'm only an hour away from Fort Campbell, so wow, okay. Places I'm somewhat familiar with. Hmm. <laughs> All right, so what what made you want to go into the National Guard? There just wasn't a whole lot going on for me. I mean,
1: there's I come from a little town of 320 people, so you either work at the grain elevator, you become a farmer, or you drive, you know, a couple hour or an hour away every day to go to work. So there really wasn't a whole lot there. For me, I was never the type of person where I like to work long hours for somebody else. I was not a farmer. I, the, <laughs> I can't grow uh, lettuce in a garden if you ask me to. Uh, cows, they stink. Pigs don't like them. So <laughs> I wasn't going to be a farmer or a rancher. And I sure wasn't going to work with the grain elevator because, well, that deals with farming. So I figured, you know, the army is a good way to get out of here. And I was not a very good student at all. Um, I was lucky enough to pass with a D or C, maybe. Um, and there is a lot that kind of went into that with uh, dyslexia and things like that. I just, just being a student wasn't my thing. So I was uh, so I wasn't going to go to some great college and and run off and do all that kind of stuff. And I was good at sports but i you know i was just good enough you know what you know what i mean yeah you're, i do yeah i mean you're you're good enough to be play at the top level so for example like baseball i could i could hit the ball i could do all these things but when you put me in a group of the best players from all around the country I've, i i might have made the squad i might not have you know so i was good enough to have a good time while i was in school but i wasn't going to you know I didn't have any dreams or aspirations to play professional sports. So the army was the best route for me. And that got me out of my little town. It it taught me a lot of lessons and I was not a good kid. I was, I was horrible. I was that skater punk. Didn't give a dang about anybody else. It was all about me. And that was it came from a broken home. I fought a lot. Now, when you, when you think about all these things and, and I'm not saying these things to make you say, yeah, okay, whatever, you're, you're hard. Yeah, I get it. Whatever. No, I'm not saying that because of that. I'm saying that because that was a habit. Those were, those were habits that were going to get me thrown in jail at some point. I was just going to be another statistic sitting in jail because of I did something stupid. So I went into the army and that was the best decision I ever made in my life because it completely reprogrammed my mindset.
0: mm. And when I was in the military, because I was also Army as well, I, I heard many stories like that from, from many guys like you, actually, you know, guys that were in small towns that needed to latch onto something to sort of shake them out of whatever was ailing them or hurting them or uh, things that would actually make them more focused and more disciplined. And they definitely weren't getting it at home and they definitely weren't getting it in school. So it was this last last-ditch effort and for most of most of those people it did work. It's similar to you. It seemed to work.
1: Oh, for sure. You know, I don't have any of those stories like yeah, I was a thug. I was a gangbanger, I was this. I was that. No, I don't. I mean, I had a broken home. Guess what? 80% of Americans have broken homes. You know, it's not anything new. It's not anything extraordinary. Uh, I had a mother who ran around and dated a bunch of guys. Well, guess what? There's a lot of people that have that in their background. So my background, I guess if if there's any reason to share it, it's just so we can connect on a, on a me too level. We kind of, we kind of see eye to eye a little bit. You understand where I come from. I understand where you come from, but that's not an excuse to be a, (laughs) that's, that's really what I'm getting at. You know, that's not an excuse to grow up, to be something that you're not meant to be. There's always, always options. There's always solutions to problems. We just have to take the time to do it. And my solution was joining the army.
0: Yeah, well, Good solution for you. And it has worked out because it is yours had the work ethic in you, obviously, but it seemed to help hone that work ethic to sort of take it to the next level.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. It, it You know, <laughs> you were there. You know what basic training is like. You know what AIT is like. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't, you're not a slacker. You can't be a slacker.
0: (laughs) You're right. (laughs) You're totally right. Yeah. I can't, I can't forget those days. All right. So was the National Guard or your stint there the time when you actually got relocated to South Dakota?
1: Yeah, that's uh, what I, what happened was I came out of the active duty army and uh, in 1998 Because I only did a short three, it was a three by three. So I did a real short term there. Well, when I came out of the active duty army, it was right in that time where the National Guard was getting pumped full of money because we had, I think, a Republican in office at the time. So the National Guard was getting pumped full of money. So they had all this extra money for for this program called ADSW, Active Duty Special Works. So even though I was National Guard, I still worked full time. So it was still like being active duty the whole time I was in. And I went on as, as a started working in the marketing department for the National Guard. You know, the recruiting and retention office has a marketing department. And that's where I worked at. So I learned ton of things about marketing and how to put yourself out there and how to attract people to you and stuff like that. I, I did that for about four years. And then, in uh, well, no, I did that for two years. And then, uh, right after that, I worked in the public affairs office. And then I did that for the next four years. So I went from marketing and retention. Then I worked full time for for the public affairs office. That's where I learned how to do the video production, audio production. I was the state video producer for the South Dakota National Guard. So even though you have a different job your MOS your military occupational skill for me it was infantry however my regular day full time job 8 to f- 8 to 5 was a video producer
0: and th- that's that's something i think most people don't fully grasp or understand uh, that even though you're in the military and it is 24/7 that when it is peacetime most times that they try to actually have you on a regulated Nine-to-five schedule.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a regular job at that point. Yeah,
0: It is like a regular job, exactly, exactly. And that leads... To- oh, go ahead. I
1: was going to say, you still have to get up and do all the Army stuff. Oh, yeah. And all the PT. Oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And all oh, that yeah. Kind of stuff. But oh, yeah. after you get done with PT, you go home, you shower, you come back to the office, and you go to work.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 You still got to raise up about five, five thirty in the morning. Yeah, that <laughs> that's <a> given. <laughs> but I always always that was one of the aspects I did like the fact that when you got into permanent that, OK, they want you to live a normal life, although it's not quite all the way normal. But <laughs> as normal as it gets military militaristically. So it leads me to this question. Uh, <laughs> I like to joke with you in saying that you have actually been a podcaster for what, 15, 16 years? <laughs> close.
1: Uh, about, yeah, about 13, 14 years, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was your National Guard stint where you actually discovered, you said uh, video, uh, video uh, production.
1: Yeah, video production, yep.
0: But you also did audio stuff too, and of course it wasn't called podcasts then. So walk me through that process of how You fell in love with podcasting or how podcasting fell in love with you.
1: So this is, this is a pretty interesting story actually. Um, I'm sitting down in my, in my little cubicle because I got this little tiny office cubicle thing. And to the, to one side of me, I've got a video editing bay and to the other side of me is a computer. So here comes the state adjutant general. He's the top dog in the state right underneath the governor. And he comes down to the office. He goes, you know what I think would be great? And I said, what's that, sir? And he goes, I think it would be great if people didn't have to read the newsletter. All they had to do was listen to it. Do you think you can make that happen? And I'm like, um, sure, I think so. I had no clue. I didn't know a dang thing about audio blogging. I knew what Armed Forces Radio was. I know what video production was. I knew what Armed Forces Television was. But when it came to just putting a recording out... So somebody could listen to it at any time they wanted to, had no clue. So I was like, yeah, sure. I think I can do that, sir. He goes, okay, here's the newsletter. And he just basically, the his part of the newsletter, he just hands it to me. He says, go ahead and uh, record that and put that out on the website so people can just download it. Okay. So he goes away. About a week later, I do all this research, trying to figure figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. And I came across this thing called audio blogging. So I went to my boss, who is uh, a sta- uh, Sergeant First Class at the time. I go to him. I said, hey, uh, we need to have a blog. He goes, what's a blog?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I explained to him what a blog is. I showed it to him on the computer. He goes, okay, yeah, we can do that. Let's, let's do that. So we, we set up a blog on our website. And then, now mind you, this is back when WordPress was really basic, really just getting started. So WordPress plugins weren't really there. They, there wasn't very much power in the WordPress plugin. So, but they had this audio thing, this, this audio blog, uh, plugin that you could upload or that you could download and then you could put your audio blogs and it created a RSS feed. So my first or my sergeant first class, Don Matthews, he sets all this stuff up because he was the, he was the, uh, public affairs boss guy, and he's setting all this stuff up. He handled all the website. I handed him the recording. He goes, what am I supposed to do with this? I said, upload it on that thing. Okay, so we did. We uploaded it, and that was the beginning of my podcast career. I just, now the only people who had access to this blog, this audio blog, were soldiers from the National Guard in South Dakota. However, that was my start to podcasting. About a year later, someone said, "Hey, let's call it a podcast." and it
0: stopped.-hmm interesting, interesting, okay,
1: which they still have going to this day.
0: Yeah, 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 this odd this odd term that they came up with back in the day. Yeah, uh, hmm. still stuck. <laughs>
1: I'm telling you right now if uh, if you tell me that it was Apple with the iPod that created the word podcast, we're gonna go rounds, brother.
0: Uh, That's not going to happen here So (laughs) You mentioned that you were Already married while in the military And settled of course into Life in the Black Hills area Of the country and and Of course you now have two daughters right
1: Yep you got two daughters One's 17 going to college In two years and then we got another one That's uh, 13 got a little bit Or 14 got a little bit more time to wait (sighs) Oh but eventually they will be out of the house and we'll be doing more trap <laughs>
0: Ah, ah, yeah. Huh. So, it's uh, nothing uh, to do
1: with my daughters. It's the fact that they have boyfriends.
0: Uh, that, that, the <laughs> that, yeah, that, <laughs> that is what, <laughs> that is where I was going to go with that. What role have they played? And even your wife, what, what role had the three key women in your life have played to the style of podcasting that you do? And, the, the the person that you are now
1: man it's funny that you should say that because if my daughters ever listen to my show i would probably have to take their phones away from them um no <laughs> <laughs> no to be honest with you you know the fact that they're they're women they, it does influence me quite a bit because i want them to grow up to be strong women when when it comes to my podcasting it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. This is what we talk about. This is the things that you can talk about in public. And people have two choices. They can accept it or they can reject it. If they reject it, it's just the, it's not because they don't like you personally. It's because they're not ready to hear the truth that comes out of your mouth. I try to enforce the fact that if you tell the truth all the time, if you're if you're just absolutely real and you just tell it how it is, you're going to hurt some feelings, but in the end, you'll never have to remember what you said to this person or that person because it's going to stay consistent it's always the truth so with them I, I try to use it as a way to inspire them to be better people as well and in in doing so in, in me trying to inspire them to be better well I have to be better because I have to set that extent that that example so yeah definitely they they have touched every aspect of what I do with my podcast
0: mm-hmm. And the reason why I asked that particular question is because of the title of your main brand, which is raw and real, how you described what you have taught your daughters is seemingly a credo that you live by with your, with your show that you want, as we've seen in, in, in certain communications, real mofos. Yeah. You, (laughs) you want that type of feel. You want that type of vibe and it exudes in everything that you do. And, And I had a feeling that your daughters had a big role as to how that played into the direction of your life, your show and how you deal with people.
1: Well, you know, I wouldn't even be podcasting if it wasn't for my wife. In 2014, I had started a podcast called Average to Awesome, which has been rebranded to Raw and Real. So it's the same show, just a different name. What had happened is I had lost my voice completely. Mm -hmm. I I was injured. I had a throat injury from a a mixed martial arts uh, training accident and uh, I I couldn't talk. So it, it sent me into this depression and this funk. So for nine months, I couldn't do anything with the podcasting, and my wife, she noticed that I was really crabby. I was just being a jerk all the time. And she says, well, why don't you, you know, start doing something with your podcast? And I, of course, I'm like, Well, I can't because I can't talk, you know, type of thing. And she goes, well, so learn everything you can about it. Take this time to, you know, learn your craft. So I did. I immersed myself for nine months into this craft. And then when it started getting to the point where I could talk again, you would think that I would just jump right back in. But I didn't because my confidence had been shattered. I didn't know if people would come back and listen. So now I had a a confidence and self esteem issue. So one day we got into a big argument about, you know, having all this stuff and not doing anything with it. And I was really just being, feeling sorry for myself because of everything that I had that just kind of went away. And she said, just start. She goes, either start it or sell it. I don't care, but you're being a d and you either got, a week to, to figure out what you're going to do with this podcast thing, or you can just get out of the house. I mean, it went that far. I was like, fine, I'll start podcasting. Because I love my wife. I am not going to just walk out of the house because I can't do a podcast. That That's just ridiculous. People have done less to leave, but I'm not that guy. So she, she basically put it out there in front of me. Said, hey, just start doing it again. Who cares if you're good? Who cares if... Anybody listens to you. Who cares if your voice isn't perfect? Just do it. And that's how Raw and Real started. I rebranded as Raw and Real. I started up. Next scene I went from 128 listeners to I think I'm over 6,000 now. So it's just one of those things that you need that push sometimes. And my wife is the person who gave me that push.
0: Why does that not surprise me that your wife is that tough?
1: Because your wife is that tough and she would do the same thing to you. <laughs>
0: And for the fact that I would like to be on your show, I will reserve my story <laughs> of how my podcast came to be existence and save it for your show. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, I sort of had, a, I sort of felt without even asking you, because that's something I haven't asked you that the wrong real feel was all based on what you've endured and what you have learned about yourself and, and what you have either taught your daughters or, or what your daughters have taught you, and also the relationship that you have with your wife. And it seemed to it seemed to really hone in on, okay, this is just as much a family affair as as this is a labor of love that's personal. And when I mean personal, I mean just you. You know, so you touched on average to awesome. And I've heard you personally say that you did not like the direction of average to awesome. Uh, what was the original direction of that show?
1: Well, the original direction of the show was it was going to be mostly about, um, you know, life coaching and stuff like that. Stuff that I was I because at that time, I actually had a personal development coaching and and personal training business. So when I was going strong with the personal training, I started Average to Awesome. You know, and that was kind of my my coaching brand brand you know, take your average life and decide to be awesome. So I started talking to a lot of life coaches and the more I talked to these life coaches, the more, uh, the more I tried to emulate another podcaster because I did, I didn't have my own unique authentic style. I actually took uh, John Lee Dumas's uh, style and I tried to incorporate that into my own and it didn't work. It was horrible. Um, and the people that I were I was talking to, they they kind of came across as you know, a little bit fishy, if you if you know what I mean. They they're telling me, they're telling my audience, they're telling me the things they think everybody wants them wants to hear so they can get more business, but they're not delivering any value to the people who are listening just to listen. So the direction that that was going, it was just going in a really bad place it felt more like a pitch fest and when i started raw and real i was like you know i want to do it my way i'm gonna i don't care if john lee dumas makes a hundred grand a month from his podcast that's not what i'm after what i'm after is i'm after people who are willing to help other people without expecting any kind of a return so when you look at the guest list that are that I've had, I mean, I've done over 80 episodes now where I've interviewed some amazing people and every one of those people came on the show, not expecting a return, just, just wanting to help as many people as they could. Yeah,
0: And that is what I have loved about your show from the jump. It, It just has this, this feel of if you want to know something about a certain topic and, and, it mostly stems it sounds like to me from either the coaching or business or 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 self-help world this is the platform in which to wish to come because i'm going to i'm talking as if i'm you mm. i'm going to lay out the platform where all you got to do is just simply be yourself and i want you to know that you are you are an agent of change and an agent of help you are a servant and my platform is to help expand your being a servant to those who need to hear what you have to say or what you have to put forth as a product. And that is one of the greatest things about you and your show is that it just has that platform and it's there for those who really want to help others and really want, want, want the human, just want the overall humanity to be better. And I mean, I've listened to, and I will cop to this a faithful listener to Ron real right here. And I've listened to many, many of your, your guests. I mean, Dave Daly's one of them. Uh, I mean, as soon as I hear, Hey brother, it's almost as if I drank 20 cups of coffee.
1: Right? Exactly.
0: <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, I, you know, it's like when, it's like when I hear these interviews, I already know I'm in for something. I'm going to learn something or, I'm going to feel good about myself because they're going to remind me that I have learned a lot about something of myself. So I love that platform that you have with Raw and Real. I know you've tweaked it and tweaked it and tweaked it. And man, it is it is a great avenue now. Oh my gosh, it is an avenue that you're only scratching the surface, my friend. And you you have done a lot already with it.
1: I had to take a page out of your playbook because here's the thing. I started doing raw and real as an interview only show. Well, it got you. You, when you start doing a show like that, you're, you have to maintain a certain standard and it's not tough to maintain that standard once you have content out there. But what I found out is I kind of, I kind of took a page out of your playbook and started doing some solo episodes because all these other shows it is, it's about that person. And I I tell people all the time it's not about what you do it's about who you are because I want my audience to get to know you build a relationship with you that's what this show is all about. But what I found what I found is when I started breaking them up I started doing a solo episode every now and then I found out that I had even more range I had a broader uh, area of topics that I could cover and it wasn't always about coaching it was you know, I might talk about something tech. I might talk about something sports. I might talk about something in the coaching realm, but the thing is when I went off on my own, I started finding out that I could, I could kind of use that as a way to lead into those big, powerful interviews. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when like on Monday and Wednesday and Friday, when I do the shows Monday, I came out and did my own personal show. And I just, I just talked, you know, I, I, did my own little talk show. Then on Tuesday, I I did, I might have a guest, or I mean, Wednesday, I may have a guest. I may not have a guest. But the Wednesday, I always said, you know what? I want to give anybody an opportunity. So when I have a guy call me up and say, or, or message me or send me an email saying, hey, I would really like to be on your show. Well, okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, there's not really a whole lot to me. okay. <laughs> That's fine. Your perfect spot. Your perfect spot is on Wednesday night, so I started bringing these people on Wednesday night, and then on Friday. That was my that was my crush at night. That was the night that I have my big interview on. That's the night that I reserve for people like Colt Johnson, you know that those guys that are going to just crush that show, and that way I can leave them for the weekend with an amazing program, and so I was able to just solo interview. And then crush it with a big interview, and that's it's kind of it's kind of that uh, way of telling a story. You know, you 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 start you start off at the beginning, and then at you have this thing that that is amazing, then it kind of comes down. Then you have this other thing that's amazing, then it comes back down, and then you have your climax on Friday, and then you have your ending. Everything works out. So I I started using my show as a three part storytelling, and it and it's just gone. Above and beyond what I ever expected.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You say? I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, podcast, live stream, and like you said, multiple formats. Because I, I could tell you one of the one of the episodes that I enjoyed was when you actually talked about one time when you were needing to uh, really put some food on the table, and there there just didn't seem to be any any type of. Any type of financial help that was out there, and you actually said that. And this, I think, you were in Dallas, I believe, mm-hmm. and you said that you right then and there started, just on the spot, a window washing company where you actually went and washed windows. And I was like, wow, what an inspirational guy he is, and the the instrument you are is just so phenomenal. Oh man, I mean, it's just so phenomenal. My jaw was dropping. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, my jaw dropped and it stayed. It stayed a gate throughout the whole rest of your 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 story, and I said, "Man, this is a great storyteller, and he has stuff to impart." Wow, wow. Now, now, before I ask another question, because I want to stay on the same lane as podcasting, there's something that I really wanted to ask you. So, in another interview that you did, I think it was with uh, the Cave Crew producer. Uh-huh. I, gosh, the name escapes me, but Rich Embry. That's all right, Rich Embry. Thank you. You uh, and he were talking about wrestling and you talked about an anecdote where you actually were setting up wrestling rings. Mm -hmm. Oh, you you have to talk to me about that.
1: Okay, so in Dallas, Texas, actually, it's not even in Dallas. It's over. It's over by Saginaw, Texas, which if you know the area, if you're from the area, Saginaw, Fort Worth. Uh, you got Arlington Grapevine you know all these little towns in between Fort Worth and Dallas so i started wrestling with this really small upstart called Metroplex Wrestling well MPX it it sounded cool it sounded big but it really was literally only like 7 guys we had one of the guys was the all-time referee and then you had the other 6 guys who turns taking bumps from each other so it wasn't like um anything like super large or like hey you start here and you go to the next level type of thing it was you were there you you were creating this thing from scratch so when we would go when we would book events we were literally booking kids' birthday parties we were booking you know social events things like that and you were the crew. You were everything. You tore down the ring. You set up the ring. You you did everything from start to finish. And that was the way you kind of paid your dues with this, with this small upstart company. Now, we didn't get paid anything for the first, I would say, six months we were doing this. We just did this because it was a passion, kind of like podcasting. But uh, I tell you what, I learned so much about the guys that i was with i had i had so much fun it was probably one of the highlights of my life when i look back at my life i'll always be able to say i remember this time when i was a professional wrestler and i can say that because eventually i did start getting paid so uh,
0: wow yeah I, it, and we've talked off air about your your love of wrestling and my love of wrestling too and when you, when you told that anecdote i said wow <laughs> this Whenever I get him on my show, I got to ask him about that because that, I always find it interesting because the stories I hear about uh, professional wrestlers and their, uh, their, their tales of, of rising from pretty much nothing to when people recognize them, you know, like a Seth Rollins, you can just reel off the name and everyone knows when you mention yeah. that name who he is. Yeah. The humbling stories of the beginnings are really riveting to me.
1: Well, not everybody and... has a pedigree, so you have to. Right. And, and and it goes back to what I said before before we started, you know, living the life that you decide to live. You know, everybody has the capabilities and the possibilities and the potential to do whatever they want to do. Every They really do. It's just whether or not they have the the grit and the intestinal fortitude to actually go out and just do it and not care what everybody else around. Because trust me. When I when I said I was going to be a professional wrestler I had probably 20 friends say dude that's stupid man you're like 35 years old you're not gonna go anywhere who cares about that stuff you know and I was like yeah but I want to do it I've wanted to do it since I was eight year old eight years old sitting there watching Andre the giant choke slam Hulk Hogan I I always wanted to be a professional wrestler well that was my opportunity so I took it
0: and that is awesome that is awesome ah oh, yeah. Uh, and it,
1: they've got to have some kind of special something. No, you don't. You have to make a decision. That's really as simple as it as it is. Make a decision and do it.
0: This portion of the Tony Robbins show has been brought to you by <laughs> Nigel no,
1: See, that's what I love about you, Cole. That's a, you. You come up with some of the coolest stuff, and I, I. That's why I listen to your show all the time. Because when I hear stuff like Dateline, Oakland. Oh. <laughs> I'm like yes. <laughs> I mean, I've even imitated you on my show because I love you so much. So you know, they say imitation is the form of you know the best form of flattery. Yeah, I've okay. imitated Cole Johnson on Ron Real just because I love what he brings to the show.
0: Oh gosh, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate that, man. Uh now <laughs> and it, it that also explains a lot about what you know about what i know of you I'm like wow okay <laughs> he's started his own businesses he's been a he's been a professional wrestler he's done stints in the uh, our army and national guard I'm like wow i mean you just have a full life and now you have started another live stream show called grit and grace now i will for a quick second <laughs> talk about my admiration for one lynn brunette uh she is one of those people that when you hear her talk, you have no choice, but to listen and you appreciate it. And along with it, she's soft-spoken. So it's not even, it's not even the, she commands it by being mean. She commands it by being nice and loving. And I really enjoyed that about her. And then along with that nice and loving spirit about her, she has a lot of power that, that she carries along with her. So it makes you sit up and take notice of her. And I really appreciate her. So when I saw the pairing of you and her together, I said, oh, boy, this has to be something. And I want to hear the story of how the two of you got together and pitched this product to one another. And now is on Be Live and YouTube and in other places. Oh. So how did Grit and Grace become a reality?
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is this was a crazy story. I knew I wanted to do a show with a, a, with a woman as uh, a woman as a co-host. I knew that I wanted it to be something that really kind of broke down the barriers between men and women because here's the thing. with, with men, a lot of times we're afraid to say something to the women because we're afraid of what their perception of what we're saying is going to be or we're afraid of how they're going to who, how they're going to react whether they're going to be offended, whether they're going to be whatever. So I wanted to do something that was kind of like a a version of, you know, the ugly truth meets he said, she said type of thing. You know, break (laughs) down those barriers, just lay it out on the line. If you don't like what I have to say, you don't have to. But at least, you know, it's there. And now, instead of just being able to say it and you become offended, you can, in turn, turn it back around and say, okay, this is how I heard it. This is how I received that. And this is why I feel the way I do about it. And so, because men and women, yeah, we think very differently, but in the, in the, when you look at it, we all have the same wants. We all have the same needs. We all have the same uh, aspirations and desires. So just because a man is, you know, got more testosterone and he pounds his chest and he's, I'm going to go out and earn the money, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff doesn't mean that a woman doesn't have that same mindset where she's like, I'm the woman of the house and I'm going to go out and I'm going to take care of my family. No, that stuff is 1950s mentality. We don't do that no more. You know, you have just as many women who are doing the, doing the deed. They've been doing it a lot longer than a lot of us have been doing even. And so we wanted to break down all those old barriers and we wanted to just say, Hey, this is how it is. You know, men and women, we don't think about it. We don't talk about it, but it's there. And that's the stuff that we're bringing out in grit and grace is it's going to be something amazing, whether it comes from relationship work, um, personal lives, whatever the case is, we're going to discuss those things. And then we're going to answer questions. Um, last night we did the show and you were, you were part of that audience, which thank you very much. That means so much to me, but, uh, we, we handled, a a, uh, Audience question that was sent to us, you know, uni- uh, anonymously. I was going to say unanimously, but you no, know, it was anonymously. <laughs> and uh, you know, I went out and I did a poll on this on this question, and it was to me it was important to go out and do the research and get a large uh, a larger group of people answering this question because I didn't think it was right. <laughs>
0: Many thanks to CJ Ripka, live streamist, podcaster, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful brother, a good guy, good heart. The heart to give is absolutely big with this man. And I'm so thankful of his shows, Raw and Real and Grit and Grace, amongst the others and his growth. I thank him for that. And I thank you for giving the time to us to showcase what it is to just continually grow and blossom into something greater and greater and greater. If you happen to like this episode or any episode that you've heard thus far, a regular show, a special or an interview like this one, why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cole underscore sports. That's sports with a Z. No, so follow me on Facebook. Come along now. Cole sports. That's sports with a Z. Make your voice heard. Go to speakpipe.com forward slash cold sports with a Z. You can type that address in the address bar, record, speak and then send. Or you can check the show notes of this show. Click on the link that says CoSports VIP speak, press record, then VIP speak, then send. And I will play what you say on air. You can also make your presence felt. Come on down to the CoSports VIP room. Search in groups in Facebook. Type in CoSports VIP room. That's sports with a Z, and you're right there. Or you can also check the show notes, once again, entitled CoSports VIP Room. That's sports with a Z. Canadian friends. I got you, sports with a Z. You know, so find me on social media platforms galore. Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, Google Plus, iTunes, Apple, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, Acast, Player FM, Blueberry. Like, share, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the tweets. Thank you for the retweets. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for the love. And thank you for the subscriptions. I enjoy every single one of you. Please spread the word of this show And you can find more of this show On coldsports.com That's coldsports.com You can check out me and this brand Any regular, any special Or any interview On coldsports With a Z.com. And as always It doesn't matter when you listen to me How you listen to me Or where you do I just want you to do this one simple thing VIP And that is to enjoy the content for the intelligent sportsman i am cole johnson bringing you yet another cold sports presentation of conversations and as always keep the conversation going